Hello, everyone. It's your man, Uncle Dub. And again, it's time for another Wednesday conversation. In this episode, I welcome the Beltway Golfer. So if you are in the DMV, you probably know the Beltway Golfer. Um, if you don't, as I said in the episode, you kind of need to get to know him. So in this episode, we talked a little bit about his beginnings. So when he started playing golf, um, the inspiration for his website, the Beltway Golfer and podcast. We also talked a lot about the courses that he documents on his Instagram. His Instagram site is amazing. So you got to check him out. If if nothing else, you got to check out his Instagram. And I think from there, it'll lead you to his website, his podcast. He has just so many amazing guests who play golf, who are golf coaches, who just are affiliated with golf here in the DMV. And we talk about some of his favorite courses and we you know, just had a great conversation about some of the places he's played, some of the places he's going to be playing very soon. And then we ended talking a little bit about the PGA LIV situation. So I've talked about it plenty of times on this show, uh, kind of got his thoughts on the, the, the now the merger before it was a schism. Now it's a merger and kind of ended talking a little about the majors this year, some folks who some names for next year. And of course, the. Uh, upcoming Ryder Cup, which I believe is this weekend. Please enjoy this episode and it'll start right after the music. everybody it's your man uncle dub here on the sports wagon podcast hit me up on instagram and i'm still calling it twitter it's uncle dub i-t-s-u-n-c-l-e underscore d-u-b my guest i have a guest tonight so i've been really hitting y'all with the guests and and i figure you guys are tired of me talking so i want to talk with some cool interesting people and my guest today um i just saw an ig post the other day um about this my guest today and they said if you don't know this man if you play golf in the DMV, you don't know this man you need to fix that immediately. So here is his introduction. He's known as the Beltway Golfer. Alex, welcome to the program. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, but they were absolutely right because uh, you you have this mystique about you. And I enjoy, I love it. And I just want to kind of know what's the origin story of the Beltway Golfer. But before we get into that, um. So I've talked about on the show uh, your, your outing at uh, Bretton Woods, the banker of Bretton Woods mm -hmm. had an awesome time. Anybody who brings you beer on the golf course is an outstanding host. Number one, let's start there. So can you tell folks? Uh, oh, that was, man, look, can you tell folks about kind of uh, you got another outing coming up? Yeah, I got another one coming up in October. Okay. Can um, you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, I appreciate you coming out. That was when we met at, um, God, the months already fly by that. That was a couple months ago at, at Bretton Woods up mm -hmm. in Maryland, up in Northwest Montgomery County in Bretton Woods. So my next one is down in, uh, the Alexandria part of Fairfax County at Mount Vernon Country Club, right next to Mount Vernon, like George Washington's old estate, like down near the river. Oh, I didn't there's make a, that connection. Okay. There's, there's, oh yeah, they got George Washington's silhouette as a logo. There's a lot mm -hmm. of like, that, so that, hence, so the name of the event is uh, the Silver Dollar Shootout. So the Silver Dollar, the George Washington throwing the Silver Dollar across the Potomac River, that whole thing. Okay. Okay. Um, but. <clears throat> I mean, the, the name of the event is really just an excuse to make some merch. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, there's not, there's, there's, I don't think there, there, there. The, it's the the event is actually you you played in the Bretton Woods event. It's it's real casual. There is a there is a competition, but much like the Bretton Woods event, as you were there, uh, it's really about having fun. And you know, I've thrown away, thrown out giveaways, and everyone got some tea gifts. I'm gonna have some better tea gifts at this event coming. It's October Monday, October 23rd at mount vernon country club it's gonna be a ton of fun but the, the format is two-person better ball which is the exact same format at Bretton woods and the reason i do that format is uh so many golfers there, there's a million of these charity tournaments all over all over everywhere not just the dmv but everywhere and they're almost always they're always for a good cause i mean they're always they're, they're, they're great but they're they're always uh seem to be scrambles or more often than not they're scrambles where you get, you get four people together and, you know, you all hit your drive and then you take the best drive and you all hit from there, which is fun. And there's a strategy to it, which is cool. But you don't really play your own golf ball the whole day. You kind of mm -hmm. it's, it's more of like it's, it's just a, kind of a different thing. And so part of my motivation for hosting the events, since all my content and, and most of my following is here in the DMV and there are just a ton of private golf courses in the DMV where you know the public golfer and i'm a public golfer i'm not i don't belong to a country club I, I, i've never belonged to a country club um yet in my life um but is not giving giving you know public golfers or private golfers that haven't played the course the opportunity to play a course they wouldn't they wouldn't otherwise and be able to play their own golf ball so the the, the two-person better ball and all that is, is 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 each player just plays the golf hole like they would normally and they just take the best score and that's the score for the quote-unquote team the, the twosome but it allows you to play the play the course like you would otherwise. So you felt like you really played the course. That's the motivation. But there's prizes, there's food, there's gonna be lunch, there's gonna be a thing afterwards, there's gonna be lots of drinks. There's gonna be I got uh, a, a former font sponsor of mine, uh, Four Craft Cocktails. He's based in Richmond. He, he's hooking up a bunch of uh, he, he does these pre-mixed where the where the where the liquor is already in the in the cocktail, um, specifically to, uh, marketed to the to golf courses. He's hooking me up with a few cases. We get, we're going to have tons of beer. We're going to have a lot of food, uh, a lot of fun. And, you know, it's going to be a good time. Monday, October 23rd. All right. Is Aslan coming back? I, look, that they have me in a headlock. Aslan Beer, if you want to sponsor this podcast, please call <laughs> me. That beer is so good. They have me. I am spending a lot of money on that beer. But are they going to be back? Uh, I think there's going to be some Aslan beer. They're not sponsoring this time. They they got a lot going on. They got their anniversary party coming up. I think they're actually hosting like their own like global golf thing. I, I I'm not sure they've announced mm -hmm. it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think they'll we'll, we'll probably do something with them again next year. I think it was a little too soon to just start rattling off another golf tournament. But there's going to be yeah. there might be some Aslan there. There won't be an official sponsor, but God. there's going to be there's going to be some good beer. There, I promise. Okay. Oh well. Well, again, again, good beer is always the draw. And one last thing before we kind of get into the, yeah, the yeah. heart of this. Um, now, so the Bretton Woods, so kind of, as you said, you want to kind of give 
golfers the opportunity to play courses they never played. I love Bretton Woods. It was a fun course. Are you thinking about doing that event again? Or are you going to try to mix it up and do other courses kind of to what you were saying? I'm, I may, but my, my idea is kind of to play as uh, or to host events at as many different okay. courses around the area. My, my, my idea is kind of to mix it up. Okay. Um, you know, it, that, that sometimes that doesn't pan out, you know, the, mm-hmm. the economics don't always work out. Right. So, right. um, you know, Brenton Woods was great. I think, I think in my head, it was, it was more like I'll do four. I mean, I really just started doing the events within the past year. So the idea is, okay, let's do a couple this year. Let's do four next year. If it, once it starts gaining some steam, picking up some, some momentum, then six or eight, whatever it is per year, mm-hmm. and either go back to the same place each year or do like kind of a rotation every couple of years, go back, something like that. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I, I like that idea because like you, I don't have kind of going to the economics of golf. I don't have the money to belong to a country club. And it sounds like an attractive idea, but honestly, I love supporting, you know, Montgomery County has really good municipal courses. Um, I haven't played the DC courses, but I've heard so many good, good things about them. I play courses in PG. So I think it's important that, you know, kind of to your point to support municipal courses. I mean, it's definitely the way to go cheaper alternative, but you're still good get good quality golf so let's kind of start from the beginning so where are you from originally i'm i'm from where you are montgomery county okay you're montgomery county okay <laughs> so when did you start playing golf uh that's a good question i, I think i first picked up some golf clubs maybe junior high mm-hmm. um i've got a couple different memories of like my first time playing golf but uh, you know my memory is not is not the best and sometimes i combine you know my, my the, the main one that sticks out the first course when if somebody asked me what's the first course i played i always say sligo creek that's the main memory i had me and a good buddy um growing up there was one summer it was like you know hot dc summer super humid and we're just you know maybe we were in seventh maybe seventh or eighth grade and we're watching some big tournament and we weren't really into golf but it looked it looked really cool on tv or it looked fun on tv and so we looked, his dad, both our dads had some, you know, clubs in the basement, that kind of thing. And I don't know, we looked up slide. Well, somehow we found Sligo Creek and got one of our dads to drive us out there. We, and we played nine. And my buddy who I played that first round with, it was either that first nine holes at Sligo Creek or maybe the second nine. He got so frustrated. He quit after the second hole. And I think maybe somehow maybe it was his ride i don't know my, my memory gets all screwed up but the, the, my main memory is the first guy i ever played with he basically quit really early on the second hole of sligo creek and somehow i was tied to his ride but i don't think we were 16 yet maybe it was his dad was driving and so he just sat in the restaurant waiting for me as i finished my holes you uh-huh. know finished finished my round um but i fell in love with golf and he he that was kind of it for him Right. You ever wonder what happened to that guy? Just wonder. <laughs> oh, no, I'm still friends with him. I mean, I was, he was a good, he was a close friend of mine for for all throughout high school and and still friends. He lives in D.C., but golf is not his thing. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> um. So as I kind of said before, we got start recording. Like your your Instagram is amazing because you. I, again, I got a lot of questions about that, but your Instagram is amazing because you go to so many courses, like not just here in the DMV, but you just go up the East Coast, you know, um, how many courses have you played? And I mean, not just here in the DMV, but just 
general? Do you have a general idea of how many you've played? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't really keep track. I probably. I mean, I. I'll tell. Here's what I'll tell you. When you said before, like that's the first time I've ever heard someone reference that, like, you know, my my Instagram or or, or what I'm doing with Beltway Golfer has a mystique to it. But I, I like that, and I, I appreciate that comment. But I think one of the reasons why is I don't play every course I take a picture of. <laughs> you know, so, so okay, I, I play I, I play a lot of them. I play a lot mm-hmm. of them. But part of the whole part of the whole thing with with Beltway Golfer is, you know, I started this as something like um, 10, 12 years ago, uh, where I was just taking pictures of every course I was playing. I was I actually had a website back then where I was writing reviews of courses. Okay. My reviews were, I don't know, they weren't, they, they weren't the best, but over the years, as I started growing a following and having like more consistent interaction with everybody that was in the area playing golf and, you know, they just, you know, in my, you know, uh, direct messages and on the comments section and all the different social media, people were like constantly asking for my input about this course and that course. Um, you know, I, 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 it was more about trying to, uh, be the guy that covers all the courses in the DMV. So if somebody asks you a question, you can say, you can have some opinion. So sometimes that means if I don't have time, if I don't have a five hour window going out to a course for 45 minutes and walking around, maybe hitting the range, taking some pictures, talking to the pro, but not necessarily playing because that's all the time allows. Mm-hmm. And then so wait, where I'm, I'm still playing a lot of golf, but maybe playing once or twice a week. My Instagram, it might look like I'm playing like 10 times a week. But that's that's part of the. You know. I didn't want you to tell the secret. I'm sorry, Alex. I didn't want you to tell the secret. It's it, it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not pretending. I'm playing. I'm just okay. posting pictures. You know, saying I'm not. Oh, it's all good. It's not a secret. Mm-hmm. So now the aerial shots. That's that's the one question I was looking. You went to a couple courses this week, and you always have these aerial shots. And I saw this one little note about something about a drone not a drone but something but do you how do you take those aerial shots is it do you have something oh yeah i got a drone really oh yeah what's what's, what's funny about the drones and and, you know i'm and i'm an open book here but so you know drones and golf got big within the last five years especially on instagram but also just golf courses mapping out their courses with aerial photography and videos and all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. um to attract players and early when, 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 especially on Instagram, when drone footage really kind of took off both photography and videography, I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, because DC has this whole law where you can't fly a drone within 15 miles of Reagan national airport, there's a big right. 15 mile circle that you cannot fly a drone period. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you, you can get some, um, uh, some approved, some, you know, you, you can get approval in, in certain circumstances if you're, I don't know if it costs money or if you have to be, I don't know what that approval process is, but it's not easy mm-hmm. to get approval within that 15 mile radius. So I, I never really took it seriously because I was like, well, that eliminates all the golf courses. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I kind of revisited the idea. because so I started seeing some other guys taking pictures with drones and I was like, you know what, let me map this out. And once I started mapping it out, I realized, you know what? Okay. You can't take, I can't take drone, uh, drone photography of like maybe the courses in DC, mm-hmm. a few that are in tight. But man, there's still—I don't know if I can cuss on here—but there's, there's still a no, shit ton of there's still a ton of golf courses uh, in this area. Mm-hmm. And I started—I was like, man, I can still I can still use a drone on like on, on, on tons of golf courses. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And so I finally got one and it took a while to kind of get, I've already, I've already crashed a couple of times. I'm already on my second drone because I lost one in a tree at Manor Country Club because <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. But uh, it's kind of addicting and you, and you get these awesome shots and, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. A lot of times, like I might be going to do something else. I might be, I might be going to run an errand or going to do something mm-hmm. unrelated to golf. But if I have an extra 30 minutes and I look on the map, I pull up Google Maps and I see, a, a, you know, oh, there's this country club or this golf course is, you know, a 10 minute uh, drive up the road. I'll shoot up there. I'll pop the drone up in the air for like 15 minutes, get a couple awesome shots and get on my way. Wow, that is amazing. That I mean, but that just makes everything just pop so much more. Wow. I mean, you you tend you just have this really great perspective on the ground, um, you know, in the air. Then when you're playing, you take these great shots. So you played a course up in Maine and yeah. you took these shots early in the morning with the fog. Then you said, oh, here's a hole where I have to actually shoot the ball down the fairway across a road with traffic. I'm going, excuse me, what is happening right now? What was the, the one with across a road? I'm trying, now, I'm trying, I, now I'm trying to remember which course that was. I played a few where you had to where you had to cross a road. So I think it was up in up in Maine. I think Maine. Once you started, once you started talking about Maine, my my head was about a different one because I played a really good course up there called Cape Arundel, that was like super foggy. It was an awesome course. That might have been it. That might. Oh, have you, been know, it. you do go across the road. It's a small road. Okay, <clears throat> that one. I don't know. Maybe if I over uh, what's the word? Dramatized. I'm not pronouncing it right. Uh, in my in, in my Instagram. But yes, the the entry road as you're pulling into that golf course drives mm-hmm. right through uh, right through the course. So mm-hmm. there are a couple of tee boxes where you, you got to wait for anybody that's coming into the golf course to get out of your way before you, you hit over it. So it's not as dramatic as like hitting over I-95 or something like that. You know, you're not you're not hitting over like any, any real track. But I ha- there are some golf courses out there where you absolutely have to do that. Um, there, there's a there's there's a hilarious one that comes to mind in Pittsburgh. It's uh-huh. called the Bob. It's called the Bob O'Connor Golf Course. They I've heard about to, that place. I've heard they about refer it. to it as the Bob, and it's mm-hmm. like this hilarious old school course that is there's been all kinds of build up around it and lots of development around it, and it's kind of a funky course, but it's a fun municipal nine hole course. I think it's nine, maybe it's maybe it's eighteen, but I think I think I only played nine. But there's a couple holes there where if you're driving you like it, it's like there's not there's like not traffic but there's like a, a frequently used road that goes right underneath a couple of tee balls that you know i'm sure there's been some accidents with golf balls through windows <laughs> so that's a little more rare right but again whether it's the road into the golf course or whether it's a major road you are hitting a golf ball in that direction that is scary as hell yeah. Like, I mean, it, it it does add to the level of difficulty, which for someone like myself, who I've only been playing golf for not that I've been playing golf for about eight years and I've kind of been getting progressively better, but that's still very intimidating. I mean, you've been playing for quite a while. I'm sure you're just don't even think about it. I'm gonna hit this ball. It's fine. You know? No, absolutely. No, you have. I mean, if there's cars coming or, you know, if you're, I mean, obviously you're, you're not teeing off when a car is right there, but if you're in your backswing and all of a sudden a car turns a corner, right. you know, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, you know, you're, that's going to be in your back of your head more than, you know, some water on the right or something like that. Right, right, right. Um, So you kind of talked about uh, Beltway Golfer, how it came about. Um, So when did the, so you started as doing reviews, when did the podcast kind of become a, a become into fruition? Honestly, like so many other people, that was a uh, that was a COVID thing. 
like I had been thinking about doing a podcast for a while. I was, I was kind of late to the podcast game. I mean, everything's relative, but um, I was started listening to a lot of podcasts and there was one or two other local ish podcasts about golf, but it wasn't really focused on what, what I want to do. Cause at, at the time, you know, I'd been writing some reviews of courses. I kind of took that off my website because I, I didn't even love my own reviews and they were kind of boring reviews, but what, where I was getting a real following was, um the, the photography and, and little social media snippets where instead of some big long-winded review it was more like a paragraph just kind of some anecdote about the course or talking a little bit about the course um but what i didn't do on social media at the time or i wasn't doing yet was talk was like really meeting people like i was just like posting pictures i've never posting pictures myself i was never i wasn't posting pictures of my swing i was just out here growing a following but i wasn't really meeting anybody like i was still playing golf with my same three buddies and there was all these like, and I'm a total outsider. Like I said, you know, I, I, I not a, don't belong to a country club. You know, I played some high school golf, but you know, I'm not really in the golf kind of system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so there's all these like fascinating people within the golf in the golf world, just in the area that I wanted to talk to. I wanted to meet, and I was like, man, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't really know these people, I'm sure there's tons of other golfers around the area that would love to hear these people's stories. So instead of like starting a podcast where it was like talking about me and my round and on hole number three, I hooked it left. I wanted to do something where it wasn't about me. It was about just highlighting all like kind of the fascinating people in the world of golf, just in the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia. And Mm -hmm. there's tons of, there are literally tons of, I've I've done 72 episodes with, you know, some, some episodes that have more than one guest of maybe 80 or 85 guests. And I still have, I have a spreadsheet of like, 50 or 60 more people that I'd love to have on and I'm always learning new people. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's stories everywhere. Yeah. Because this area, what I'm finding is, you know, playing in outings, you tend to run across people that, you know, obviously you're going to run across more people that you don't know than you know. So you might meet that one person or even through social media, you meet people and go, Hey, I'm playing in this tournament and you hang out or you meet each other and, and that sort of thing. So I would suspect kind of to your point that there are definitely a lot of stories in this area that have not been told. And I think you have really found a really good niche in trying to tell those stories. I think what what you're doing is great, you know? And I haven't, I mean, what you just said is absolutely right. Except I haven't even, I haven't even really done that yet. That's something I want to do, which is like, I've been focusing on really the people that like, work in the game you know like the teachers the pros the golf course owners the superintendents the architects other people in the media um but you're absolutely right i mean there there are there are so many i mean this area is just i mean i think every metropolitan area probably has you know this abundance of people especially in golf because golf's so fascinating but dc is a little bit unique because there's so many associations and, and so many like uh companies that you wouldn't think of they're actually based around this area but you're absolutely right. I mean, you could just go play, uh, you know, just walk onto a golf course and join, you know, three other guys or a couple other guys and, and strike, strike up a conversation. And there's so many fascinating people here with, with that that are in so many different walks of life unrelated to golf that love golf, whether they work on the hill or they're a contractor or they're the military or they're, you know, do this or that. Um, that, yeah, I, I, I haven't even tapped into that. But there's there's just so many stories. So many, so many interesting people. Yeah, I yes. love it. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I actually I want to recommend I may have said this to you, I want to do recommend somebody who I okay. love another person who does really good stuff on Instagram. 
um, Kathy Kim. She's at Baltimore Country Club. Kathy is awesome. And I watch her videos and get a lot of, you know, perspective because I, you know, I'm still trying to learn how to play this game well. And she'll say, have a trouble, having trouble with this. And I'm going, yes, I am. Let me watch this video. And she'll demonstrate something and I'll go to range and I'm thinking about it. So I, I like her story. And I don't know if you saw on her Instagram during the, I want to say, was it the masters this year or last year they did, I might've been last year. They did a whole uh, PGA uh, commercial and they had a whole bunch of pros in a commercial. She was part of the commercial. And I mean, it was, it was amazing. So she, she's really yes. good. I mean, she's an awesome teacher. Uh, I wish she was still in Virginia, but she's over, uh, she's up in Baltimore now, but yeah, I think she, her, I would love to hear her story. She's really good at what she does. She's great. Um, it's interesting. We, I, I, I know, I know Kathy, I've met Kathy a couple of times. And we were actually, at one point, she was going to be on my podcast, and we had to reschedule for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then within a month after that, she left 1757 and went to Baltimore Country Club mm-hmm. and got super busy. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we, we, we kind of lost touch. But I appreciate the reminder. I should reach back out and see if she'll do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you also have a collaboration with Union Green. And man... Thank you, because I've tried their balls. I really like them too. But nice. like, how did how did that come about? Uh, Union Green. I actually met them, so I've done some work. I also I hosted a podcast for a while for um, the group in DC that is has the sixty year lease with the three municipal golf courses in Washington DC called National Links Trust. Mm-hmm. And National Links Trust, since they've taken over the three golf courses um, three or four years ago. They started this thing in the fall. They call the um, uh, what is it? The, the symposium on municipal golf, where it's essentially like a conference where they bring like golf course operators and all these stakeholders that are r- related in all sorts of different levels and all sorts of different ways to municipal golf throughout the country. And they all come down to uh, this hotel on the DC, the Southwest waterfront on the DC Wharf. Um, and they have like a, a two-day conference and they play golf. Um, anyway, U- Union Green is this company that for their whole kind of um, marketing, their go-to-market strategy is to appeal to municipal golfers and the public golfer. And, they, you know, their slogan is, um, I, I'm going to botch their slogan. I can't remember if it's but something about playing local. They're all about playing local and playing municipal golf. And so anyway, was it play social, wait, play local, golf, local, place. God damn it. It's close to that. It's 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 golf, local, live social, something like that. I've got got it on a shirt here, right? I I (laughs) can pull up. But anyway, so they were, they were actually sponsoring that symposium because they're big Mm -hmm. on municipal golf. That was municipal golf. And I just, that's where I met them. And I started chatting them up. And because they're all about, you know, appealing to the local golfer, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a regional brand, you know, let's do something. And they were all about it. And so, yeah, it's been a good relationship. Awesome, man. Awesome. I love it. And 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 I love your commercial too. <laughs> your commercial is great. Um, so the courses that you play, yeah. A couple things. How so outside of the DMV, because you know, you probably played from here to there. Cause I mean, we I think we passed each other playing Worthington one time. I think I was there yeah, on a Tuesday. I'm playing Worthington on Wednesday. Boy, well, damn it. Um the courses you play, some of them you find such great nostalgia. What's the coolest thing you, you, that you found? Like some of the artifacts, like uh, like you show like a a program from the 1984 Kemper Open. In my head, I'm going, sure. I remember watching that with my dad. That's pretty cool. You know? Yeah, 
Well, I mean, honestly, a lot of that I I don't find at golf courses. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I find that stuff on my own, a lot of it. I mean, I love, like, I mean, there's a lot of cool places that have a lot of history and like in their, in their kind of their, in their hallways, um, they'll have all these kind of crazy, awesome old history of like, of the club or whatever it is. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. um, TPC Potomac at Avenel. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, the huge history there with Dean Beeman, who who is from mm-hmm. from Bethesda, used to be the PGA Tour commissioner, mm-hmm. um, and he helped start TPC Potomac. He was one of the, essentially one of the founders of that golf course and helped get it built. And so, in their trophy case, there they have this like entire history of his entire career. It's all this kind of fascinating stuff. So a lot of the older clubs, you know, when I get to visit them or when I get to play them, have this fascinating history. So a lot of times you know, they're not going to sell or get rid of the stuff in their trophy case that they're showing mm-hmm. off for their members or their guests. But, you know, I'll, I'll take a look on eBay or Craigslist or Facebook marketplace. Or the next time I go to a thrift store or a yard sale. And I, I, I like, that's kind of my thing is I always, I'm always looking out for kind of rare golf stuff or something, especially that has some tie to DMV. So my, my collection's gotten pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. So how do you track all this? So um, I guess, how do you, how do you, pick these courses so again you played everywhere from here to there in the dmv so what like what how do you wake up one morning and go you know i'm gonna go to maine and play golf how does that happen like how do you pick all these courses no i mean it's it's you know for there's not i don't i don't have a good system believe me i mean i was going i was going to maine (laughs) because my family was up there my 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 uh my father-in-law my my wife's dad has a place up in maine and so my my family flew up and I said, I'll meet you. I'll meet you in a few days. And okay. I drove up. Okay. And so I got, I got, and so I, so I want, I want to get, a, get some golf in and my wife's teacher should see the summer off. So I was kind of doing some work and got to play some golf, but around here, around the DMV, there's no real, I mean, there's really no real, there's no real rhyme or reason, honestly. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you look on the weekend or whenever you think you can play golf and I'm like anybody else, you know, I'm looking at, golf now and i'm looking at you know all the all the different websites trying to figure out uh where to play i I mean the only thing maybe that's a little bit different but i think there's a ton of people like that is i i hate playing the same course twice in a row like Mm -hmm. i I mean i'll certainly do it but i want to play okay what course haven't i played in a while or what course haven't i seen yet and so i start there as opposed to play as opposed to just going to go and playing the course that's closest to my house um, you know, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to get a jump start or, or whatever. I'll do what I have to do to try to get out there. Nice, nice, nice. So, check that box. So are you, so are you what kind of our early bird? Like, like, Hey, I'm trying to be first on the tee or Absolutely. are you kind of like, Oh, yes. you really? Okay. 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 Yes. Oh yeah. I got it. I guess somewhere around here. I got a sticker. One of my stickers. It's uh, I did a mock-up of the old nine thirty club with, where their logo is the nightclub nine thirty. Uh-huh. So mine, mine's tea time six thirty. <laughs> It's got the same look. The the, the first tea time is uh, that's the holy grail for me, especially on the weekend. But any any time, yeah, that's yeah, that's the kind of thing. I'm not a weekend golfer per se. Like I'll play a Sunday here and there, but uh, I I love the story. I always tell people this. Like my dad played. He was fortunate enough where he got a job. He worked for the government for a lot of years. He got office job. And it's funny, a lot of the guys in his office played golf. Okay. So, so as an office, these guys would work four hours, they work half a day and go play golf. Or sometimes they'll say, you know what? I'm working four hours a day, I'm playing golf. So he'll right. play during the week. 
So he goes, I never play on the weekends because I can go play during the week. So he was fortunate enough. He worked long enough. He said, okay, I got plenty of time. I can put my four hours in, tell my boss I'm going to play golf or be like the boss. Okay. Hey, we playing golf today. Everybody take four hours. The whole office will go out and play golf. There you go. So, I mean, I totally, I, I love that. I totally agree with that. I mean, obviously not every job, never, not every career can right. pull that off, but my, a buddy of mine, he said something to me one time when we were trying to organize it for him, but it stuck with me when he was trying to convince us. I think he had a weekday open or something like that. And he said, come on, cheat on your job, not your family. <laughs> that was his, that, that was, that was his argument <laughs> later in the week, which is stuff. But, um, so I'm the same way, especially having kids. I got a, I got a seven year old and my youngest actually just turned two earlier this evening. He's in bed. Well, happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. I, I, pre- I, pre- I appreciate that. But he, um, but now that I got two, um, yeah, weekend golf is that much harder. So I don't, I don't play, I'm the same way. I don't, I almost play zero weekend golf unless it's like an actual weekend away, which is also very rare these days. So mm-hmm. I, I play a lot of week, week during the week golf and yes, a lot of early morning golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind of have to get into that mode i mean like i i'm not i have an eight-year-old who will be nine at the end of the year and my whole thing is he has to be to school at you know early in the morning so at best what i can do is i'll drop him out to school i can get to the golf course say by 11 o'clock and i can play nine holes and be done by one o'clock that's the best i can do i'll get 18 in but most of the time i get 18 in it's going to be doing an outing which I look forward to. So, you know, I'll take what I can get. If I can play nine, I'm happy. You know, it's, it's, it's fine, but it is harder, you know, with kids, but you know, again, you, you have kids because you know, you, you want to have kids and you want to enjoy that, that family time. So I told her. That's the thing about golf. people, people, especially there's a lot of people, people that I play with a lot, you know, some of my close, close golf friends, it, they're almost like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're like a slave to being playing 18. Mm-hmm. You know, like they like if you'll play 18, then it's not a round of golf. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of I've my approach has almost always been, well, that's that's BS. Like I play I play, you know, you know, if you if you want if you if you're playing looking to play competitive golf or getting your you know official handicap down or you know playing tournament golf, okay, sure. But mm-hmm. most of my rounds are not don't even qualify to enter in my handicap. I mean, I play 13 whole rounds, five whole rounds. You know, I, if I, I play until I got to go, like I'm one thing, one thing, <laughs> seriously, I mean, because it to play the amount of golf I play and to get out as much as and do what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm not trying, I'm not trying, it's not worth it to piss off the family because then that'll just oh, come back. Sure. To, but that's, that'll sure. come back to bite you the next time or whatever other obligations you have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, playing three holes or six holes or eight holes, or 12 holes or 15 holes. It's all golf, man. It's all fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, what you said, I just, it's weird. I just made that, what you just said, I just made a realization this weekend because I talked to people and they're all like, well, you know, I tip, I, I, I thought about like, how do people find time to play 18 holes on a regular and I'll play nine. And I feel weird about it. But then the other day, you know, I went home this past weekend talking to my dad, my dad said, yeah, you know, go out and play nine holes, blah, 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 blah. And I go, Oh, I always thought you know, my dad's been retired for years. I'm thinking, oh, he's gonna just go play 18 when he can. And now he's like, I play nine. And you know, my dad's in his 80s. He was kind of saying, you know, I don't know how much long I'm gonna be playing, but I'm thinking, wow, I mean, just to play nine holes is amazing because you can actually get out. It's a round, it counts. So I don't know. I I feel like I was stuck in that mindset that you just talked about until literally three days ago when I go. 
Who cares? It's either nine yeah. or 18. Most of the time I play nine. It's all good. I've been like that for a while. I mean, once I realized, which was a very, very long time ago, that I wasn't going to play any high-level competitive golf. You know, <laughs> I'm at an age now where I'm getting worse every year. I'm not getting better, regardless of how much I play. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, making sure around quote-unquote counts, you know, that doesn't matter to me. Nine holes of golf is plenty fun. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm getting ready. My next weekend trip is uh, in October. Me and me and eight guys are going to Pinehurst. And, yeah, we're going to play 36 a day, Ooh. you know, a couple of times. Um, Pinehurst. So, so, so I'll, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to play as much golf as possible. But you, oh. you, you fit it in when you can. Right, right, right. Which, which, which course are you playing? Uh, so, since we're, so we're not. So we're we have a TBD. I'll tell you my our, our itinerary. We're playing um, Tobacco Road. We're playing Mid Pines. We're playing Southern Pines. Oh, we're playing. Uh, we're playing Talamore, and then we have one open window where we should know in the next four days because we're not staying at Pinehurst, but we've got a connection at the resort that mm. I guess it's like 21 days before the potential tea time, they can put in the request mm-hmm. to give you like the, the employee rate and mm-hmm. get us on one of the Pinehurst courses. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we left an opening for that. That we're gonna, that we're, Fingers crossed we're going to play one of the uh, one of the higher end Pinehurst courses. But uh, it was kind of a last minute trip. And because of our group schedules, we had to switch it to Columbus Day weekend. And we we're kind of behind, behind, the, behind the eight ball on the, on the scheduling. It's like mm-hmm. one, it's like in season holiday weekend, so mm-hmm. we're taking mm-hmm. we're taking what we can get. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully, let's say let's 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 hope for number three, maybe number th- Piners three, maybe Piners three. So that's like that. I mean, I actually do want to play Piners three. That's like this classic. It's actually one of the shorter courses. Mm-hmm. I think it's like fifty five hundred yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm probably getting that wrong. But mm-hmm. Piners three is one of the shorter ones. Hold on, no, I'm getting I'm, no, no. You're absolutely right. Piners three is the one that was redone by Gil Hans. I'm wrong. And that's mm-hmm. four. I'm getting I'm getting them all mixed up. Yeah, now. yeah, I get now them mixed up too because I don't think you know, one day Pine- I think one day I realize there's like I said there's a Pinehurst six. I'm going there's a Pinehurst number six. What the hell? You well, they, well, they're 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 getting ready to finish number ten. I mean, it's 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 enormous. They they um so obviously number two is hosting the U.S. Open next mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. Open a million times. Mm-hmm. Number four is the other really high end one that mm-hmm. uh, Gil Hans redid a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight is a really good one. Number three is, it's what it's like. I think number one, three, and five are like more like old school, mm-hmm. um, maybe not as high end. But number three is supposed to be really good and shorter. So if mm-hmm. you have a long day of playing golf, or you're playing if, if you're playing that as an afternoon round and you got a morning round or vice versa, mm-hmm. number three is supposed to be a great course, which I haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. That's um, you know won't won't kill you if you're playing thirty six one day. <laughs> it's great yeah my dad played pinehurst a number of years ago i don't remember which one he played but took a trip with some friends and i was like you're playing pinehurst i'm going i don't even at that time i didn't play golf i don't play golf but i'm jealous as hell you know <laughs> that was that was amazing um so your favorite courses so what are your favorite course or courses here locally um, I mean, well, I'll, I'll stick to Publix because that's yeah. I'm a public golfer, and and um, you know I, I kind of hate when I, like I hate rankings, and I hate when people talk about oh you should go play this course, and you know it's it's a private course that's impossible to get on. You're like, well, why are you even telling me that? I don't I don't I don't right. know any, I don't know anybody there. So what's the what's the point of you just? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, 
So, so, so public courses, I mean, there's I mean, Worthington Manor, you just talked about, that's one of my favorite ones, but th- th- there's three really good ones that I love all basically on the same, same exit up there in Frederick, Whiskey Creek, Worthington Manor and PB Dye. And then just north of that, there's two more. They're also really good. Maryland National and, and Musket Ridge. So you got five really good public courses in Frederick County, all within like 15 minutes of each other. And, you know, I, I enjoy all five of those. I think of, of the five, a lot of people really love Whiskey Creek, but I, I, either Worthington Manor or Musket Ridge, I think my, my two favorite of those five, but all five of those are great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <clears throat> um, heading east of the city, Queenstown, just on the other side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got 36 over there, but the river course, um, got to play that a, uh, a couple months ago, uh, for the first time this year. That's a great course where you're, where you're literally playing, looking back west over the Chesapeake Bay. Um, and then, you know, in, on the Virginia side, I really like Westfields. Um, I like Stonewall. Um, what else over here do I like? One of my favorites, if you want to go down a, down a level, where, where a lot of people, um, not on a lot of people's radar, and some people, you know, if, if you if you if you look online and see people talking about it, they you know people might throw around the term dog track or something like that, but it's the kind of course that I love, which has got all the charm. And it, it's maybe it's, you know, it's a little more working class and it's got, you know, some some character to it um, is I'm trying to think. Is it, it's right on the edge of Anne Arundel, Anne Arundel and Prince George's County near Beltsville, but it's Gunpowder Golf Course. Oh, I've been wanting to play Gunpowder. And they're funny because they'll say I called them one time. I said, so um, like, can I, I, I like get a tea time? Oh, we don't have tea time. You just show up no and play. Time. I'm going, what? So that's my kind of joint. There's, a, there's, a, there's only two I know of around here that they really like, as a matter of policy, don't take mm-hmm. tea times for a public course to show up. Gunpowder is one of them. The other one is out on Ken Island, just over the Bay Bridge called Blue Heron, which is a, which is a cool kind of shorter 18 holes. It actually has a triple green on it. That's where three holes all share the same green. It's pretty cool. Wow. Um, but it's the same kind of deal. There's no tea time. You just show up. Like if you call and make a tea time, they're like, we don't, we don't keep track of that. Just show up first come first serve. <laughs> uh, but gunpowder is really cool, man. It, it's, it's, you know, it's in a heavily populated area mm-hmm. and it's definitely rough around the edges, but it's got this kind of family vibe to it where like, you know, it feels like neighborhood people are working there. It feels like neighborhood people and like working class people are playing there. And it's got some funky holes, you know, it's a little bit tight, but it's always in really good condition. And it's just like, I don't know, the vibe there is just kind of right. And it's, yeah. and, I, and I love it. And it's cheap. It's cheap, yeah. which, I, which I also like. <laughs> I mean, who, who doesn't want cheap golf, right? <laughs> right. Um, what about outside the DMV? Um, you know what? There's out there's there's a whole world outside of DMV and it's interesting. I mean, I know I, I know I, I I promise you I haven't played golf outside the DMV nearly as much as you may think I have. I've played I played a decent amount. I mean, I've been to Piners a couple times. Uh like I said, I've you know, I've played up in up and down the East Coast quite a bit. But I haven't I haven't played a lot of the big bucket list resorts that so many people have that are all over social media that are the hottest places to play like your abandoned dunes i haven't been to yet like the sweet and sweetens cove i haven't been to yet 
the big resort down in in Florida that everybody loves, Stream Song. Mm-hmm. I haven't been there yet. So a lot of these I, I still got to check off. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my favorite course outside of, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go all the way west. If you, have you been to Hawaii? I have not. I Now, that's one of the things <laughs> I've kind of had some conversations. I've not been to Hawaii. Not there's two, yet. There's two courses on Hawaii, and one of them, as I'm saying this, I'm trying to remember one of them's name. But one is high-end, and one is more like kind of like gunpowder. The high-end one, I went on a trip with my wife when right after I got married. Um, it's called Mount, Mount Akia, and it's this mm-hmm. high-end resort. And mm-hmm. we weren't even staying there, but I got to I got to got figured out a way to get on the course. And it's just like breathtaking views, it's just like out of control. Mount Akia, look that up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right on the water, Mount Akia Resort. But the really cool one, I remember, it's called uh, Kahuku, K A H U K U. So I went to back, back to Hawaii. This was on. Uh, Oahu went from uh, one of my childhood friends, got married to a girl who grew up uh, uh, on Oahu, and her family still lived there. And they lived in this town called Kahuku. And it's on the north end of Oahu, and there's a resort there. And it's this fancy resort with 36 holes called Turtle Bay. And the wedding party was there. I was in the wedding, and I told apparently the father of the bride was a golfer, and he's from there. And I and I said, oh, I, while I'm here, I'd, man, I'd love to get out on Turtle Bay. And he said, he kind of just he just kind of gave me a look, like he was just like, eh, wasn't impressed. And I was like, boy, that's that's not you know, you know recommend that. I mean, that's the fan, that's that's like that's the course right here, isn't it? He goes, let let me take you to my course. And I said, okay. And so he took me to this little local nine hole muni called Kahuku mm-hmm. Golf Course that was only about 20 minutes south of where this big fancy resort was, Turtle Bay. But it was on the water in Hawaii with these like unbelievable views, not a house in sight. And it was like literally the clubhouse was the shack. A couple mm-hmm. of holes you had to hit off like hitting mats like they didn't have any grass. Wow. And so the course was like in really rough shape. But I think we paid like 15 bucks. And like the views were like the greatest views I've ever had on a golf course to this day in my life. Mm-hmm. And then the course was a bit run down. But it was like it was honestly like the best golfing experience I've ever had in my life. Cause it was just like everything about the place was so cool mm-hmm. and it was, it was so unpretentious and it was so low key. And like everybody you met there was like, just so like, just, just kind of, you know, there just to play golf and not, not none of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I can't wait to go back. I haven't been back, but I'd love to mm-hmm. look that one. But, <laughs> but isn't that what it's all about? I mean, like you said, the course wasn't in the best shape, but it's like the views and the experience just totally made up for all of it. That that's really what it's all about. Absolutely, absolutely. Because that's the one. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, let's be honest. Golf's got a lot of. There's a lot of things detracting from golf. Whether it's you know, you know, there's a lot of a lot of negatives in the history of golf with you know uh, exclusion and all the mm-hmm. private country clubs and you know there's lots of stuff but also just the expense of it and the time it takes and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. but especially the expense the expense is the mm-hmm. big one mm-hmm. and so if you can find those kind of courses that aren't really popular mm-hmm. they aren't expensive mm-hmm. and okay they don't look like augusta they don't look like what you see the pros playing on tv mm-hmm. But instead of saying, "Ooh, I don't want to play that because you're hitting off a mat or the or the grass is brown, not you know not this perfect lush green," right. but everybody there is cool as hell and it doesn't break right. your bank and you can right. play in an hour and a half. Like, man, that's exactly what it's all about. Now, the only thing that's missing here is 
if they basically say to you, if you bring in outside beer, we don't care. That's the only thing that's missing. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I don't remember what the policy was at Kaduka, but that was over 10 years ago that I played it. But, um, you know, th- th- I haven't found too many courses that, like, promote bring in your outside beer. But I've, there's <laughs> there's certainly tons that, you know, they're, they're not checking. They turn the blind eye. Trust me, they are not checking. Yeah. I know this for but a that, fact. But that's, that sign is always going to be out there. You know, <laughs> you're not allowed to bring in outside beer. And we always ignore the sign. That's just it. We always ignore the sign, but it's just like, you know, are are you really going to take time to check my bag? You are not going to do that. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. You are not checking my damn bag. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen. Um, so kind of let me get to kind of talking some uh some other stuff here. So when we were at Brent Woods, the the big news was PGA L I V. So sure. Give me your thoughts. So when you you know the schism happened, now it's yeah. kumbaya. What what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Man, I mean it's 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 a huge. I mean, there's a lot of there, there's a lot to, there's a lot going on there because so much happened in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, uh, the top of the first thing I would say is the current commissioner of PGA Tour is i mean what a what a sellout tim uh not tim finch tomorrow jay jay monahan jay monahan tim finch's last one but for all the all the shit that he talked and and bringing in you know the the families of 9-11 survivors Mm -hmm. to talk about how um you know wrong it was for these guys to go you know play for this regime that that they're but yeah that supported um the, the, the terrorists involved in 9-11 and then to go strike a deal when the money got tight and act like nothing happened how that guy still has a job is just beyond me absolutely beyond me. um you know i don't i haven't really been following the last month or so i know they made an he made an announcement a week or so ago about a little bit about what the future is going to look like mm-hmm. you know I, I went out to the live event at uh at trump as I, I they gave me media credentials so i went and walked around a little bit Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I it's definitely different. You know, I don't know the the format. I was I'm not really down with. You know, I, I like in any sport, you don't want to divide. I mean, you don't want NFL, USFL. You don't want NBA, ABA. You don't want you don't want the best players in a sport to be playing in two different two different leagues. Mm-hmm. So there there's 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 so many areas of the whole. PGA Tour live things to talk about, but just mm-hmm. at its core, you know, it sucked because you want everybody playing on the same tour. Mm-hmm. And so since that happened, you know, I'm still watching PGA Tour, but not as much. Mm-hmm. I don't care as much. Mm-hmm. Um, the majors are what you care about because everybody's playing. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. So, Correct. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's getting, it's, it, you know, it's getting fixed. They're going to get on the same tour. How it's happened is, uh, I think, a little bit disgraceful. Um, certainly by by Jay Monahan since um, they took the money from from the PIF. Uh, before that, I was you know I wasn't wasn't really a fan of Live. Um, I know everybody had their reason. All the players had their reason for taking the money and going, but um, you know I, I had more respect for the guys that didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Agreed. Yeah. 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 Everything you said, I totally agree with. I totally, I mean, I've, I've totally been railing against LIV since the, the rumbling started and, uh, you know, and I know some people feel some kind of way about it. And some people will say, well, you know, if you're offering money, we're going to take it. And I, say, I get it. But my my argument has always been you're on a tour that pays you very well. Plus, you get sponsorship money. How much money do you need? Like, it's 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 kind of like you, I like how you talked about NFL, USFL and the NFL is a known quantity. And it'd be like if someone says, hey, uh, uh, if you say somebody like uh, Cooper Cup, I mean, I know he's hurt, but somebody Cooper Cup saying, you know, I'm going to go play in the USFL. It's like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're playing in the best league possible. You're going to go over here and then start this mass defection of players. That doesn't make sense. It's like you have reached the top of the the top of the ladder here. Just assuming, you know, the USFL could offer you a lot of money but you're at the top of the ladder here. How much money can you make? And it's not the same brand of football. It's different. Yeah. And same thing it's never, with- it's never worked. Right. It's never worked for an extended period of time. And USFL survived for a little bit, but it was, it was never even close to what the NFL was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't know the origins of the ABA compared to the NBA, but I know how it ended. Um, <laughs> right. right. We do. You, you know, I mean, I don't think live was ever going to be, that's what's crazy about, Monahan kind of striking the deal with Piff and taking the money as if like I understand there's a million different reasons and I, I don't know them all off the top of my head but you know you know in, in part that they were losing money in part that you know they, they were feeling this pressure from a competitor but I don't, I don't think Liv was ever going to be successful and people say mm-hmm. people say that you know okay Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia has got this you know um endless amount of money mm-hmm. i don't think i got a shit ton of money but but i know like if if they're if if, they, if it's really all about um improving their is, image and sports washing and investing money in all these sports um to so people become more accustomed with understanding their you know their their country and their lifestyle blah blah, blah. at some point they they're still looking at roi in, in that case is the roi is okay as our image improvement Right. And so at some point, if they find out that R, if they if they do the, their own math, whatever math they're doing, and say the ROA is not working, they say, OK, mm-hmm. let's invest it somewhere different. You know, what I mean, right. it's, it's, and and the whole format and the whole everything about live like, OK, there, there are some intriguing new new ways they ran tournaments. And it seemed some of it was fun, but it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. And I, that's why I think if, if PJ Tour had held out, you know, there's other issues with, with their own money and how much money they were spending trying to keep up with the money. But I don't think Liv would have lasted that much longer. But I think kind of you said something really interesting, the sports washing part. And that's the thing that I think people fail to understand is that this is not new. So this is just another way to kind of infiltrate sports. So the Saudis, what they own, what uh, they have, what Premier League interests. Um, I know they have interest in other sports. So it's like they're trying to put their tentacles in different areas to try to gain the influence to say you know oh we're not terrible people we own a sports team you like it was sports, it was already you? working in the in the argument between pj tour and live you'd see it on social media you'd see it on twitter like people starting to make the argument when like whether it was consciously or not like 
say, you know, when they were talking about the live versus PGA tour thing, then they'd start talking about how, you know, why are they so bad? Or, you know, the, you know, starting to justify. Right. And, and, and you and you read it and you're like, no, that's, that's the sports washing. It's work. It's working. All. <laughs> that's it. It's like, it's like, but people are so, but this is it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I've watched sports as long as I can remember. And don't get me wrong. I understand that there is you know, sports has its place and now more so it's being used as a vehicle to kind of promote out, I guess, more outside things. You know, it, there's a, there's a always been, you know, my podcast, I talk more about the political, I talk a lot about the political aspect of sport. Okay. And what people don't understand is that political aspect of sport has been around for a long time. But it's just now we're seeing it more so with the sports washing that's occurring from the Saudis. But people don't get it. They're so focused on, I want to watch these people play, but they're not thinking about the influence that's occurring behind the scenes. That's the issue. Right. Sure. I mean, the yeah. first famous case was was the was it, um, Berlin Olympics with, 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 with Hitler, right? He, he, took, he took down every billboard that was anti-Semitic in the entire country. In the lead up to the Olympics, and then as soon as the Olympics was over, went right back all, up. They all went right back up, and then you know, right, right. Read your so, history books. Read your history books on what happened next. <laughs> it's like you know, if there are going to be any history books left, but here we are, right, you know. Right, right, right. Um, so the majors. So kind of going back, reviewing the majors. We all know who won the majors this year. Um. I guess some of the some of these names, Rom, um, Kepka, Clark, Harmon, um, are these viable names for next year? I mean, kind of in your opinion. I mean, you you probably watched the majors or you kind of yeah. caught some of it, like your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Well, Rom is certainly not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh Kepka doesn't seem to be going anywhere. People thought he was going somewhere, and then especially after the whole how he came off, I mean he had he had jettisoned to live. Mm-hmm. And he talked about in that Netflix documentary about how, you know, the injury had affected him so much and he kind of lost some confidence that people are like, oh, okay, maybe he's done. Mm -hmm. He proved he's still a killer in the majors. Mm -hmm. um, Wyndham Clark, I don't know. I mean, Wyndham Clark's one of those guys who he, nobody really, unless you're like a real golf nut following mm -hmm. week to week, mm -hmm. most people didn't know who he was. He was one of those names that you look back and like, man, who was that? <laughs> right but he's a hell of a he's a hell of a player he'll be in the Ryder cup mm -hmm. and you know the real golf nerds say you know he was he was a, he was a you know that wasn't a surprise but tbd on Wyndham clark mm -hmm. brian Harmon. i don't know i mean brian Harmon. you know he's been around so he's been around a long time grinding mm -hmm. i mean grinding obviously a hell of a player i mean i don't my 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 bet wouldn't he, he's i don't think he's gonna win another major it was it was awesome that he did. He mm -hmm. kicked ass in the British Open, mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. Robin Kepka, yeah, they're they're around. Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon. If, if if you're gonna put a gun to my head and make me bet, I'll say they're one and done. <laughs> but Clark, here's the thing: the U.S. Open. I think most of us could agree that Ricky Fowler, like it was just like, dude, it's finally gonna happen. And then first round, second round. Fourth round, I'm going, come on, this can't be happening. And then Wyndham Clark, like he just opened the door right. and Wyndham Clark just walked through it and there you go. 
And it's kind of like, what? He came out of nowhere because it was just right place, right time for Wyndham Clark. Ricky, yeah. Fowler, I'm thinking Fowler's got this. I mean, all he's got to do is get through 18 holes. I mean, again, that's not easy to do. I mean, sure. you just got to get through it. But it just kind of fell all the all apart in round four, you know. Yeah, that, that but that was rough watching watching Ricky. But I mean, he was he was still kind of making his comeback, and he got his win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic not too long after that. He obviously mm-hmm. not a major, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's weird. I mean, there's so many instances like that in majors over the years where, you know, the the one the the, the good story, the one everybody's rooting for, the one that you know. Tom Watson at the Open Championship in whatever year that was when Stewart seventy five or something or we no, already... no I'm talking about more recently when he was more like recently. whatever he was oh. fifteen to fifty nine years old in two thousand yeah. yeah, yeah. eight or nine something like that yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, when Stewart when he when he basically you know needed a par on eight on the seventy second hole mm-hmm. to win the Open Championship bogeys and then loses <laughs> the playoff to Stewart Singh so he was the story but mm-hmm. I'm saying there's there's a lot of stories like that where on Sunday, the major, that the, the guy that everybody wants to win, the the, mm-hmm. the 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 Hollywood story, and then there's just some other guy that nobody really wants to win because they don't he doesn't he doesn't have the story, but mm-hmm. he's just playing his ass off. And this mm-hmm. year that was Wyndham Clark, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah, he was a good player, and he played he played out of this world that that Sunday for sure. Because mm-hmm. was it um well, I forget the year, but it was like uh, was his a was it Von, John was Jean Von Veld at the at the open, Bonneville, yes. But, but, oof. Now you want to talk about a meltdown? That was probably a meltdown for the ages. This guy had the open in his grasp. I mean, the claret jug. They literally were about to put his name on the claret jug, and it just went straight yes. to you know where. It was insane. It was oh, bad. Yeah. Blew a blew a three shot lead on eighteen. It was three um, shot or four? I I, I, I think but, it was three. I think it was yeah, a three, three shot, three shot, three shot lead in eighteen by just some of the dumbest decisions you ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. Hit some bad shots in the, in the bunker. I try to hit he, it. Yeah, try to hit it out of the water. Bunker. Yeah, had to hit out of the bunker. It was like I think he took him two shots to get out of the bunker. I think he ended up tripling the 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 last hole. I'm going. Oh my god. I mean, I'm thinking this guy's a pro. He looks like me playing. Like what is going? You know what's going on here, you know. Um, next year, um, give me a couple names you think could maybe win win a major, like somebody who hasn't won one yet. Oh, hasn't won one yet. Oh man. Um, I gotta think of okay, who are the who are the one? I mean, we just mentioned one. Ricky, Ricky seems if Ricky continue continue his hot streak mm-hmm. uh, in the Ryder Cup here. Mm-hmm. Um. You know that that story will still be viable. Mm-hmm. See Ricky win one. Um, who hasn't won a major? I mean, there's a lot of guys. But... There's, a lot, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys. But some of the thing I, I only see like a list of guys in front of me. You know, that that IPA that I just had is kicking in. My brain's not working. Um, you know who I'd love? I mean, I, 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 I'm going to pine for this guy because he's our local guy, and I picked him in a couple majors, and he played. He had his best year. Um, Though he you know, he didn't come super close to any of the majors this year, but he's the, he's the only PGA Tour player, active PGA Tour player, I've ever had on my podcast. So I'm gonna say him. And that's Denny McCarthy. Okay. Uh, he, he's he's arguably the best putter on the planet. He's from Montgomery County. He's he had his best year yet this year. He's knocking on the door. I mean, to be fair, he doesn't actually have a PGA Tour win yet, but he's gone. He's, he came really close a couple times this year. Okay. Um, who knows? I mean, that that could be one. Um. Let me get back to you. I got I to think of a couple more guys. Okay. So 
I've been talking about Xander Shoffley for a minute. Like I go. felt like I felt like this year he was going to do something. I, and actually, I feel like I've been talking about Xander for the last two years. So this year, I said, "Nah, I'm going to get off Xander." And I think he was was he? I think was he in contention at the PGA? I felt like he came out like second and third round of PGA. I'm going now. You play golf? Like I decided I'm not going to pick Xander, and he just killed it. Or oh, might have been the U.S. Open. One of the two. He I came mean, out. Got- Guns blazing, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has, I don't know how many, how many he, I feel like he's been in contention a lot mm-hmm. in majors. I mean, I don't know how many top fives he has in majors, but it seems like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one um, that certainly would make sense to win a major because he comes so close so many times. And uh, who's who's his partner also from Southern California who's on the Ryder Cup team? My brain's not working right now. Um, the guy who's kind of a boring interview. Southern California, incredibly slow player. What's his name? <laughs> What's um, my, my my ability to pull names, especially at, at nine thirty at night, sometimes struggling. But he's the, no, it's all good. I'm I'm looking. I actually have the right. Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay is the name I was trying to pull. Oh yeah, Cantlay. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, Cantlay. Yeah, he's yeah, he he's 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 a thing. <laughs> he's such a he thing. He hasn't. He has, he's, he disappears in majors, but he's a good enough player that you got to think at some point he's going to show up and piss everybody off and win one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, Tony Finau. There you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a couple names that came to mind, but sure. uh, you know, for some reason, I don't know what. I, there are a lot of people who really have a problem with John Rom. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm missing something, but a lot of folks really don't like John Rom, which I find weird. You know, I it's like. Funny, John it's funny you said. I have. I, I. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of John Rom. I think he's a great interview. I think he's a really mm-hmm. genuine upstanding dude mm-hmm. um and anytime you hear him talk especially when he goes on a rant about something like he's a man of like you know conviction and 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 you know morals and stuff but mm-hmm. i agree one of my one of my best friends like hates him for no real good reason <laughs> and, like, other than the fact that i think just like he looks at him, he's just like i don't understand how this guy's a professional athlete like he's just looking at him like and, it, and it, he just can't believe how, like, I don't know, he thinks maybe he's a little overweight or something like that. He can't believe the guy makes tens of millions of dollars as an athlete. I don't get it. But that's the only reason I think he doesn't like him. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I agree. I think a lot of people like him, don't like him for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, I, I've, I've, even when he um, defended his U.S. Open title, was it last year, and they asked him about the whole LIV PGA thing, and his answer in that, pre uh at the start of the the open his answers were so good i'm just sitting there watching going wow this guy i really like him i mean i respect him for kind of a lot of the things he said and, and how yeah, he's he a smart dude. yeah very very yeah. we went there what arizona state yeah 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 so, so so sun devil so yeah so that's it that's it so speaking of the Ryder cup okay Ryder cup's coming up so we all know that the Ryder cup is kind of a crapshoot but I mean, what do you think? I mean, you, I mean, I can kind of go through the roster if you want, but like kind of what are your thoughts about Ryder Cup, kind of some things to look for? Like, what, how do you think this is going to go down? I think this is really going to be a battle. I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So the last, last Ryder Cup, U.S. absolutely dominated, but the U.S. hasn't won a Ryder Cup on Europe, European soil since the 90s or something. I, I don't mm-hmm. remember the, mm-hmm. the exact stat, but... I don't know. 
I mean, these things are hard to predict. I mean, you can break the, you know, I think the U.S. is going to win, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, it, it, again, like, you know, when, when, when it's time for me to put that money in the gambling app, I'm going to put it on, I'm going to put it on the home country here. <laughs> um, and I think on paper, they're going to have better players from a ranking standpoint mm-hmm. and more firepower. But I mean, look at the top, certainly the top three on the European side. And you got what McElroy, Rom, and who am I missing? I need, I Hoblin. Hoblin. I mean, Hoblin. those are three. That, I mean, the way Hoblin's playing, and pair mm-hmm. that with Rom and McElroy. So that top three. Mm-hmm. What's what's the top three of the US team? Top three, I guess our top three is uh, Scheffler, Scheffler, I guess uh, Clark and Harmon, I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the top three when you look at the stats, but I would say our top three as far as just like like who are our three best players? It's got to be Scheffler, Kepka. I don't know. Because so so breaking it down, Kepka was a captain's pick. So based on points, it was Scheffler, Clark, Harmon, Cantlay, Homa, and Shoffley. Those were the guys based on the points. Right. I get that. But I'm I'm talking about like who are like. Oh, I see. I see. Who are your three best players? Like for real. Scheffler, Kepka, and. I would say. Spieth. Right, but even Spieth. yeah, Spieth is up and down. True, so, true. So you look at the top three, Europe's better. Okay. Hovland, McElroy, Rom. I think those three are better than any three U.S. players. Okay, okay. Take and... any three U.S. players, those three. But but you look you look at the bottom six of Europe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's some guys I gotta Google. So okay, so your captain's fix for Europe: Matt Fitzpatrick, major winner. Sure. Sep, Sep Straka, who actually has been playing very well. good golf. Sure. Um, Justin Rose, okay, I can just kind of see it's kind of a, uh, I guess a nostalgia pick. Um, you got uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Nikolay Hogard, sure. and then you, you, to, got, you had to look him up, didn't you? Uh, well, yeah. I didn't really look him <laughs> up. I wrote it down and go, okay, whoever this is, <laughs> and then there's Ludwig Aberg. So here's an interesting stat about this he's guy. A I mean, he's a he's a rookie. He's a stud. He has is his first time he's played in the Riders Cup, Ryder Cup, and he hasn't played in a major. Yeah. I mean, he's he's like this stud. He was like he was in college last year. And mm-hmm. he's I mean, he's like he's a beast, mm-hmm. but he's like crazy young with no experience. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I mean, I'd throw in there, I know he wasn't a captain's pick, but Robert McIntyre. I mean, I know he he went head to head with McElroy in the what was mm-hmm. that Scottish Open, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean he's not somebody that scares you. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Robert has Robert McIntyre ever been relevant in a major? No, uh, no. Right. The wild card, not the wild card. I think the X factor for Europe is Tommy Fleetwood. I like. I'm a Tommy Fleetwood fan. I really like Tommy Fleetwood. I like his game. I like his, you know, just again his attitude. But I think he's kind of the he's the X factor here. I mean, he's the guy that sure. I don't think anyone's going to expect anything. But I think Tommy Fleetwood has the opportunity to really just have a breakout Ryder Cup. I think for yeah. Europe. I agree. I mean, looking at the teams now that I'm, I'm looking, now we're talking, and I've, I've pulled up both teams on here on the on the website. I mean, again, would I still bet on the U.S.? Yes, but I'm not as convinced as I was three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm really looking at the roster, and I'm like, oh man, okay. It, I mean, it, I, it, I, it's still, I think the U.S. is still the deeper roster. Okay. Okay. But it, but it kind of goes to what I said. It's it's kind of a crapshoot. It really it really yeah, is a crapshoot. It'll be it certainly. I think it uh, whistling straights two years ago. 
um, you know, the odds makers had us as a huge favorite mm-hmm. and they, and they played like that and dominated. I don't mm-hmm. think they will be a huge favorite, but I think they'll still be favored. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you got, you know, you got Rick, so your captain's pick picks for us, you got Ricky Fowler, you got Brooks Kepka, Morikawa. Again, I think Morikawa is that, I think he's the, he's the X factor here too, because again, he's got majors. I don't think people really, I don't think people really take his game. I mean, the way I'm going to say this is going to sound terrible. I don't think people really take his game serious, but Morikawa, he's got game. And of course, Spieth, you know, Spieth is up and down. And even JT, Justin Thomas, he's, he's, he's all over the map. Well, that, I mean, J, that's one of the most interesting stories or things to watch during this whole Ryder Cup, just because it seems like half the, half the golf world kind of wants him to fail in the Ryder Cup to, to, mm-hmm. to, to prove that, you know, he shouldn't have been on the team and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Keegan Bradley or somebody else should have, mm-hmm. um, because, he's had such a bad year. I mean, he didn't even make, um, didn't even make the FedEx cup and here he is on the Ryder cup. Right. Right. Um, right. As a captain's pick. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, his match play record is outstanding. His Ryder cup record is outstanding, but we'll see. I mean, obviously he'll get paired up with speed. That's his boy. They've got Mm -hmm. the match play history and the Ryder cup Mm -hmm. history. They've been, they've been so good, but the way Mm -hmm. he's playing, that's going to be a huge thing to watch. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm pumped. All right. All right. Good to go. Good to go. Sounds good, man. I'm I'm also excited. Know where you got to play when you're talking about playing out of town. Mm-hmm. So in two years, in 2025, the Ryder Cup's going to be uh, at Bethpage Black in New York, which is a mm-hmm. which is a municipal public course that anybody mm-hmm. can play, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, to ensure you play, you got to sleep in your car, which I <laughs> which I which I did two summers or last summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and it, and it'll kick your ass. Mm-hmm. But it's not. I think I can't remember what I paid, but I think it's less than hundred bucks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's public and it's municipal, and mm-hmm. it's going to host the Ryder Cup in two years. But so, I heard that there's a sign outside of Bethpage Black, and they say not recommended for not so beginner golfers. But if you if you're not haven't sure. played golf for very long, they don't yes. recommend you pay the, play this course. Yes. And yes. I remember they played the Open there a few years ago. And I think they've played the open there a couple times in the last maybe several years. Yeah. And that is, I think it had weather. Um, of course, USGA just loves to torture the players to make the course as sure. long as difficult as possible. And I remember one year they played Beth Page, and I think the winner might have been over par. That's how tough that course is. And I love yeah, especially for that. I mean, even yeah. when I played it, I mean it's it's just super long, it's deep rough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 and it's hilly. I mean, it's a, it's a challenging course, but it's a it's a beautiful golf course. It's a, it's fun as hell to play, mm-hmm. and you know how cool is that? I mean, it's not. I mean, Whistling Straits is also public, but it's a hell of a lot more expensive, more resort course. But just mm-hmm. to play, I mean, a, a Ryder Cup course. I mean, you can go up and play tomorrow. You could you leave right. you could leave your house right now, go park in the parking lot, and you'll be first on the board tomorrow morning. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I'd rather do that and go to work tomorrow. How about that? <laughs> oh my goodness! But Wait, that's, that's a cool. Place, that, that, that's a that's a cool place though. If you ever get a chance, because it's not that far from New York City. I'm trying to remember. It's maybe 45 minutes mm-hmm. out on Long Island from New York City, and mm-hmm. they've got. I'm going to botch this, but I think they've got five courses, maybe six. Mm-hmm. I think it's five. 
mm-hmm. on all best page. So they got best page black, best page red, best page blue, best page green, mm-hmm. all this one property. So it's this massive municipal facility, and it's just it's very it's very New York, mm-hmm. uh, but it's but it's cool. They got their own way of doing things, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's wild. It's 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 something it's something worth to experience. And the fact that anybody can go is just makes it really cool. I wonder if they have uh, definitely. I'm sure they definitely got beer, but I don't think they got Coney Island dogs. I think I want a Coney Island dog if I'm going to do that. Uh, they might. I don't remember because so last time part of the thing is yes yeah, so so to make sure you get on the the Beth Page Black they literally have these parking spaces mm-hmm. started and it's on the other side of the parking lot and they have, they're numbered mm-hmm. and so like I literally drove up I think I got there I mean this was last summer and I was by myself that was, was mm-hmm. the same thing I was on my way up to Maine to meet my family I was doing the same trip <laughs> and um, I got up there I don't know say nine o'clock maybe ten o'clock at night mm-hmm. and I was the eighth car. So you pull nice. up into the, you pull up into the eighth spot, and the first seven cars, those guys, they already had like cornhole set up. They're playing te- football in the parking lot. They got the barbecue going. Nice. But people fell asleep relatively early, and I, I mean, I had a couple beers in the parking lot, fell asleep, and then all of a sudden, um, I don't know, I can't remember what time, maybe six a.m., maybe five, five something. This guy comes around pretty quickly and goes mm. to the first car, and he's like. Okay, one, two, three, four. Next car, one, two. What next car? One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. And he's going rapid fire. And I remember I like I had just woken up. I see the guy, and when I woke up, all of a sudden the parking lot was packed because of, like, a bunch bunch of people slept there, but a bunch of people literally getting their, like they're at home, set their alarm, show up at four or five in the morning whenever that uh-huh. guy comes around. Uh-huh. And I just went over to like a tree to piss on a tree because I had been sleeping <laughs> in my car all night. And I and I almost missed the guy giving me the number by like a split second. Uh-huh. Luckily, I got by my car. But like I almost spent the night there and then missed my number because I was taking a piss, uh-huh. uh, super pissed. But no, I, I made it. But then there's like this three hour gap, so you get your number, you mm-hmm. go in and pay for your round, and it's like it's still dark out, so it's mm-hmm. like whatever it is, five or six in the morning. But your tea time is not until whatever. Mm-hmm. So like I drove into town, got myself you know bagel and stuff like that, and then you come back, warm up, and you're all you're all creaky from sleep in your car. And, mm-hmm. But it's cool; it's an experience. That's something I definitely recommend. And the fact yeah. that the rider comes to be there in two years, so you can be like, "Oh, I played that." I mean, it's just cool. That's awesome. That's that's so cool. That's so freaking cool, man. Um, so Alex, let what, let's do this. Why don't you give them the information about the website, the podcast? Um, I know you have a newsletter. Uh, outing just give us all all the information where we can find you on 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 the internet yeah man i mean my, i'm i'm on all the social media my main one's instagram so, so go to instagram beltway golfer my website's beltwaygolfer.com on there you can find information about my outings you can find on the podcast the podcast is on all you know itunes spotify all the major stuff uh but you can find all my podcast guests all the history of the podcast on the website i got a pro shop in there i sell merch but also like a bunch of vintage stuff uh, a section called Beltway Classics where I get all like, I sell a lot of my memorabilia. I got a bunch of stuff in this garage that's still gonna post up there. Um, and then definitely sign up the newsletter. I just send out an email once a month, totally free, but it's you know updates on what I'm doing, the podcast and stuff like that. But it's also like any kind of like fun news going on around the world of golf, whether it's like a new course opening or a renovation or some kind of crime that happened on the course or some you know, whatever I find interesting, I'll put the newsletter. Uh, so definitely sign up for that. It's just once a month. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll put all the information in the show notes. So you'll have access to that. And of course, 
uh, the outing, and that's October. Tell me that October twenty Monday, October twenty third of Mountain Vernon Country Club in Alexandria, Virginia. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, all right, and I still haven't signed up yet. I'm planning to sign up. Uh, that's all right. We got we 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 got space. I'm actually working on. I'm gonna announce it later this week, but I'm working. On, I'm putting together a silent auction for this one, which I didn't have at Bre- Bretton Woods. Okay. So I'm using I'm using my network of all the people I've had on the podcast to now now come back to them and ask to see if they'll um, donate like a foursome at this private club or some merchandise or something Ooh, like that, so people can nice. bid on it at the at the event as just an, another way to get people to the event. But it's also all the all the proceeds from the silent auction is going to go to the uh, the MS Society, Multiple Sclerosis Society. That's great. That's uh, awesome. So raise, a little, raise a little money, but also make it, you know, a little bit extra incentive for people to sign up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I like that. So um, I'm going to see if maybe if I happen to have a little bit of money, you know, <laughs> and see if I could bid on some of those things, man. Well, that's Alex- cool. I mean, sorry, but I know you're, you're wrapping up here, but, but that's what's cool with, with these, some of these auctions when you're mm-hmm. at a small event like this mm-hmm. is, so, like, let's say it's a foursome at some high-end private tourist, like Bretton Woods, for instance. Mm-hmm. If that was on a public website where, like, the entire community and the entire world could see that, mm-hmm. it's likely to be bid out much higher. Mm-hmm. But when you're at, like, when you're at a private event, there's only whatever seventy-two people at the event, mm-hmm. then the odds of you being able to get that round on the cheap are much better. That's 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 a, that's an excellent point. So there's less eyeballs on. It. I'm going to have to put my name in the hat for sure now, man. I mean, well, first I got to get ready to, well, not get ready. I have to uh, sign up for the Silver Dollar Shootout, number one, and then we'll work our way from there to make sure I have a little extra scratch so I can do that. I definitely want to do that because that sounds like a lot of fun. If I get a foursome at, say, I don't know, Woodmont, I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah. Well, my next guest on my podcast is the head pro at Woodmont, Trillium Rose. I mean, I was gonna I was I'm, gonna mention her too because I I think I follow her on Instagram too, and she's really I I like her. I'm interviewing her on Monday. Awesome, awesome. Well, I definitely have to tune in for that episode for sure. Thank you, thank you. Well, Alex, man, I appreciate this, man. I had a great time, great conversation. And hey, I mean, you continue to do what you're doing because you're doing some good stuff out here. I mean, whether you play five holes or 18 holes, hey, you, I, I love looking at your Instagram. I mean, it's like golf porn, like seriously. I appreciate that, man. I mean, there's a lot of good golf Instagrams out there, but I, I, I try to focus right here on the DMV. So I, I, I appreciate the kind words. This has been a lot of fun. Love your podcast. Thank you, man. Um, and I love, I love, uh, love chat with you, man. Thank you. And you know what? I also got to remember, I got to write this down because I remember the, um, from the Bretton Woods event, you gave us all beer koozies and had the thing oh, yeah. surrender birdies on the bridge over 495. I'm going yeah, up, up to the Mormon temple. Yeah. I love that, man. That's so great. But That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That is a wrap for this episode, and I appreciate you listening. And as always, I tell you to continue to protect yourself, mask up, um, and of course, remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. 
Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.